I am not a fan of board games, save for Trivial Pursuit, but I have played Monopoly. Remember building houses and hotels in an alternate reality Atlantic City while the monocled mascot rich uncle moneybags watch from chance and community chest with admiration as you build your empire? Good times. And also, fake times. In these couple of lines, there are three things that you might swear are true, but are completely false. Number one, the Monopoly man's real name is Rich Uncle Pennybags. Number two, he does not have a monocle. And number three, this one may be debatable, but I don't think anyone actually thinks that the game of Monopoly can be categorized as good times. The Monopoly Man thing is one of the most popular examples of the topic for this episode, the Mandela Effect. So what's on the go with this? Keep listening, because this is some weird. Welcome back to the Somewhere Podcast, a podcast about strange and unusual stories told by us, a sister and brother team hailing from the island of Newfoundland. I am your co-host, Chrissy. And I am your board game loving co-host, Barry. <laughs> I actually am a big fan of board I love board games. I love board games more than video games, actually. I don't get a chance to play them very often, but I, I really enjoy them. So, I like some, mostly Trivial Pursuit. Yeah, I like like complicated, epic board games with thousands of pieces and dice. I know. You like Risk. I think Risk is one of your favorites. Axes and Allies is another one. Risk is the Atari version. Axes and Allies is like the PlayStation version. Oh, really? It's a war game, but it's a lot more complicated. It has more pieces. There's like planes, boats, infantry, all that. Whereas Mm -hmm. Risk is just one piece. But we're not here to talk about board games. We're here to talk about the Mandela Effect. This topic has been on our potential episode list for a long time, probably since the beginning, I would say. So I'm glad that we're finally doing it. Yeah, and speaking of a long time, it's been a while since we've been done a podcast. Like we said at the be- at the end of last season, we were going to take a break throughout the uh, summer. And it was actually nice. We had a couple of listeners reach out to say, you know, when are you putting out more content? So it was nice to know that we've been missed. Yes. But anyway, let's get into the Mandela Effect. Let's do it. So originally proposed in 2009 by paranormal investigator Fiona Broom or Brom. I'm going to say Broom. I'm not sure. But Fiona Broom. The Mandela effect is when a large group of people remember a significant historical event or a piece of pop culture in one way, whereas another large group of people remember it in a completely other way. It's kind of strange, but why is it called the Mandela Effect? So it's named after the South African civil rights leader Nelson Mandela because Broom had a clear and distinct memory of Mandela dying in prison in the 1980s. I guess I wasn't really alive, or I was alive in the 1980s, but I was very young. But (laughs) You were unconscious for the first 10 years. (laughs) Yeah, well, you know, you're fine. But um, I first knew of Nelson Mandela when he was released from prison from his, I guess, political imprisonment, right? So that's the first time I ever heard of him. So I, I never would have thought he died because the first time I ever heard of him was after he got released, right? And then he became oh, president yeah. and everything else. So Yeah, that's right. So so you were you're too young for the original Mandela effect. Exactly. Because he's famous to me for when he got released, not for when he went to jail, right? Yeah. Probably the same for me. But this is what it's named after, Nelson Mandela. You would think, though, that such an event would have a huge news story, right? Like everyone in the world would know about this because the world really watched the struggle to end apartheid. But Broom remembered it as he died in prison in the 1980s. 
So it's not like, let's say somebody asks you where you were last week and you say, well, I went out to uh, Home Depot and I bought a shovel. But then maybe you're like, no, maybe I didn't do that. Maybe I actually bought a rake. That's your own personal thing. That's a misremembering. But this would have been a huge news story. So it's really weird that she remembered it totally differently than real life. Because in reality, Mandela not only survived prison, but he went on to become president of South Africa, like you just said. Um, And he actually died in 2013, so quite a long time after the 1980s. Yeah. Yeah. The sign language interpreter at his funeral service didn't know sign language and claimed... (laughs) We've discussed this. Yes. It claimed that he was hallucinating uh, because he suffers from schizophrenia. But that is a weird story for another time. Yeah, one of my favorite (laughs) all-time stories, too. (laughs) Eventually, we're going to have to get into that because I think we probably mentioned that it might have been our very first episode ever. It was early on, for sure, and I I never heard of it before, and I just uh, clung to that story because I thought it was so great. (laughs) You cracked up at it. It was weird, but again, story for another time. One person misremembering an event, even something this newsworthy, probably wouldn't be that big of a deal. You could almost chalk it up to false memory or just simply being confused about something. But what makes the Mandela effect so weird is that when Broom wrote about her experience of remembering Mandela dying in prison, she was actually shocked to learn that thousands of unrelated people shared this exact same memory. And this really opened a portal to a wave of similar examples of shared misremembrances. So let's get into some of the examples of the Mandela effect. I think you've probably scoured the interwebs and dug up some. So what sort of examples are there? Yeah, so most examples of the uh, Mandela effect is not so much a huge historical thing like Nelson Mandela dying. It's more like pop culture references and things that people remember one way or actually another. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, famous movie scenes, lines logos looking different than you thought, things like that. But they are very mind-blowing, especially when you're so certain that something is a certain way, but then you there's clear video evidence to the contrary when you try to prove someone, no, this is definitely the way it is, and you see it like black and white, that mm-hmm. that's not the case. For example, first one, Star Wars. Now, I'm a, I'm a huge fan of Star Wars. Uh, I had those original THX VHS movies. I think actually <laughs> you and I went in and bought that for our brother for Christmas one year, but he already had them, so he let me keep them. Oh, is that how you came to own them? That's, That's cool. how I came to own them, yeah. <laughs> but anyway, did you know that in these movies, C-3PO's right leg is silver from the knee down? Uh, that one actually freaked me out. I only knew about that because I read it online sometime a long time after. And I'm like, no way, he's gold. He's a fully gold robot android thingy. But yeah, that one freaked me out, like almost to the point where I thought someone went in and changed pictures from the movie. Exactly. I was like, the first time I heard that, like, there's, there's no fucking way that's true. And uh, I went and I popped in the Blu-ray of the movie. And sure enough, so you three people got a silver leg. And I was like, it's what? It's so weird. One of the explanations of it is because, I guess, a silver is pretty reflective and the rest of them is gold. It kind of reflects and makes it look gold as well. But no, there's scenes where it's very, very clearly silver if you're looking for it. So Yeah. Second one's another Star Wars uh, one. Uh, it's in The Empire Strikes Back. It's probably one of the most famous movie lines of all time. And it's definitely the most famous misquoted movie line of all time. Everyone sees it. It's the big battle between Skywalker and uh, Darth Vader. Vader cuts off his hand. He's about to kill him. He's like, no, I'm not going to kill you. Obi-Wan never told you what happened about my father. And he goes, oh, he told me you killed him. And he's like, no, I am your father. And everyone always thought of it was, Luke, I am your father. Yes. The Luke, I am your father was never uttered in the movie. It's no, I am your father. I think this started as a t-shirt craze. And where Luke wasn't on the t-shirt, there was no reference to it. 
So I am your father probably would make a lot of sense, but Luke, I'm your father would be instantly bring back to Star Wars. So I think that's where it came. That makes sense. I kind of figured it would be, you know, how certain actors or scenes or politicians, whatever, are oftentimes impersonated. Yeah. Like people do impressions of them, not impersonated, not like you're walking in. <laughs> to the IRS and saying, I'm Darth Vader. But yes. impressions, right? I thought that maybe it was you know, comedians and stuff like that saying, Luke, I am your father, or yeah, whatever. Exactly, yeah. But if you don't put Luke in it, then the reference isn't there to frame a reference, right? So Yeah. Otherwise, it's just kind of creepy walking around talking about how you're someone's father. Exactly. Uh, not to be dumb with the Mandela craze, Star Trek also has a very famous one. And I think this one also started from t-shirts slash poacher merchandising. Of course, our mother, who is off-referenced on this podcast as, as being our super fan. Number one fan. A huge Star Trek fan. The phrase, beam me up, Scotty, is never once said in the show. Really? Yep. In the original episode, uh, series episodes, the gamesters of Triskelion, and I probably pronounced that wrong, and I apologize to all the Trekkies out there if I did, and the Savage Curtain, Kirk says, Scotty, beam us up. And in the episode, This Side of Paradise, Kirk simply says, beam me up. And there's another episode where he says, Mr. Scott, beam us up. But he never says, beam me up, Scotty. That is wild because yeah. it was on like midday every Saturday or whatever. And I swear to God, every single episode ended with Bring Me Up Scotty. Yeah, but no, it's never once uttered in the show. As a, a pop culture phenomenon phrase, right? And you'll see it on t-shirts, buttons, posters and all that. All right, pause right here for one sec. Star Wars or Star Trek? You got to pick one. Oh, Star Wars. I got to go Star Trek. Really? Oh, Yes. I do like them both, I got to say, but uh, yep. I, I'm going with Star Trek. So we're disagreeing on two things right now, board game fun level yeah. and- uh, the Star Wars, Star Trek stance. <laughs> yes. All right. Okay. I do enjoy both though. I will say that. Uh, back to the movies. One of the most iconic scenes in movie history is from Risky Business. You know the scene I'm talking about, right? I know the scene you're talking about. I've never actually seen this movie, but it's the sliding. Yeah, I've never seen the movie slide. either, but you know, the scene is off done in, in other films and other movies and things like that. So explain the scene to me. What happens? So the set is like an 80s living room with like a big opening or whatever. And Tom Cruise is playing. I think it's old time rock and roll. That old time song. rock and roll, yeah. Yeah. And he slides across the floor wearing socks. I think he's wearing his underwear and a button down shirt that's open up and he's got these sunglasses on and he's doing this lip sync dance thing something like that so you said one part in that which i'm glad you said that wasn't part of his wardrobe which do you think it was uh did i get the shirt wrong no he's not wearing sunglasses in that scene he's not wearing sunglasses no and when i first heard that i said bullshit and went looked it up on youtube and sure enough no sunglasses I thought that was what made him look cool, <laughs> you know? In the movie, he's wearing sunglasses throughout the whole movie, and the cover of the movie is him with the sunglasses down, his oh. eyes peeking out, but he is not wearing sunglasses in, in that scene. And I think every time you see, like, another TV show doing that scene, the person is wearing sunglasses, so that's probably why. Okay. Maybe I've seen more spoofs than the movie. I, I definitely have. <laughs> the only thing I know, I don't know anything about that movie. I don't know what it's about. I don't know who's in it. I know that scene. I think it's about him being a pimp. Really? I think he's a, like an older teenager and his parents go away. He gets Rebecca de Mornay to be a prostitute or something. I oh. may be way off. Wow. This <laughs> but... makes me want to watch this movie. <laughs> so that's that one. Uh, a couple other ones. The anthropomorphic firefighting bear. Do you know what his name is? Smokey the Bear? It's actually Smokey Bear. That is never part of his official name. Oh, so his name is... First name Smokey, last name Bear. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. 
middle so. name is not the. No, no, the. <laughs> okay. When I, when every time I see that, I remember the episode of The Simpsons when I uh, can't remember what they're doing, but they're in some kind of like forest place and there's a big picture of Smokey Bear. And it's like speaking this like mechanical voice, like you press a button and it starts talking. It goes, only blank can prevent forest fires. And there's a button that says you and me. So Bart presses you. And the thing says, you press you, referring to me, when the correct answer is me, referring to you. <laughs> <laughs> and I just thought that was hilarious. I do not recall that, but God bless the Simpsons anyway. <laughs> yeah. uh, a couple other ones here is about products. Uh, Jiffy peanut butter doesn't exist. It's actually only Jiff. There's never, ever an actual product called Jiffy. Do we mix it up with Skippy? Maybe. Jiffy peanut butter is not available in Canada, I don't think. I think that's a U.S. thing. Skippy or Jiffy? Or Jiff? Jiffy. Skippy, you can get here. Well, Jiffy, you just said, is not even a thing anywhere. Okay, well, Jiff peanut butter, excuse me. Uh, <laughs> okay. Uh, there's no hyphen in the word Kit Kat. The shoe brand Skechers, there's no T in the word, S-K-E-C-H-E-R-S. So it's not even a word. No, right, that's what they call the shoes. <laughs> okay. Uh, the Flintstones is not the F-L-I-N-S-T-O-N-E-S, it's the Flint Stones. That one I knew, because that makes more sense to be called the Flint Stones. Yeah, Bedrock and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Right? And, you know, one of the most famous ones, the Berenstein Bears, it's actually spelled Berenstein, S-T-A-I-N, not S-T-E-I-N, which everyone always thought it was. That one often comes up in the Mandela effect if you're just casually looking it up. Yeah, it is. That's probably the most famous one next to Nelson Mandela himself. Right. Now, I can remember it as Berenstein with an okay. A and thinking when I was a kid, that's a really weird name, Stein, instead of Stein or Steen. So, but maybe I'm in the other parallel universe just for that right. one. It doesn't even look right. The way it's spelled, it doesn't look right. Whereas Berenstein looks correctly. I think there's more people trying to correct the spelling than it is misremembering or, or Mandela affecting. A couple other quick ones here. One that I I know that you know that I didn't know was that Ben Franklin, I always assumed he was the president. Uh, you know, you think about money and there's pictures of money and he's on the $100 bill. So I just assumed because he was on the $100 bill, he was the president, but he's not. He never was. Um, in Snow White and the Seven Dwarves. The famous line, mirror, mirror on the wall, is not the actual line. It's magic mirror on the wall. Who's the fairest of them all? Really? Yeah. It sounds better, mirror, yeah. mirror, right? Why it ever got changed, I don't know. But uh, yeah. yeah, magic mirror was the official from the 1937 Snow White film or book or whatever fuck it started out as. <laughs> Brothers uh, Grimm fairy tale. That's right. Is it? So yeah. Yep. One more. Uh, do you remember Publisher's Clearinghouse? Oh, yeah. Vince McMahon, uh, not Vince McMahon, <laughs> Ed, Ed McMahon. McMahon. <laughs> Vince McMahon, yeah, they have wrestling match at your house. <laughs> that would have been different. Ed McMahon would come around with a big check and give it to you, balloons and all kinds of stuff. Yeah, what it was, it was he just letter in the mail say, you want this big jackpot despite never entering any contests. So it's <laughs> the first alarm that would go off. But yeah, Ed McMahon was a celebrity endorser. Actually, he wasn't, believe it or what? not. Uh, no, it wasn't Ed McMahon. He actually endorsed a rival called American Family Publishers. And he never once appeared on camera with a big check. That's the fucktest one. Yeah. Wait, was Vince McMahon the? <laughs> no, no, no McMahon's at all. He publishes Clearinghouse. Are you joking with me? No, that's one of the things. Yeah, when you hear publishes Clearinghouse, first thing you think of is Ed McMahon. Then you think of Phil Hartman doing Ed McMahon. Yes. So where did the big check come from? I don't know, but what I don't know the... where it ever came from. Where the fuck is? But no, Ed McMahon never actually did that. And what was public? Like, is was it a scam? It was like a magazine subscription thing, I think. They ended up getting sued. There was a jackpot, but the odds of winning was one in 62 billion or something. 
<laughs> oh my like God! That. You have a better chance to win the actual lottery. Well, I guess somebody actually had to win at some point, but uh, they ended up getting sued and all kinds of crazy shit. They're still around. They're a different beasts now, but they still the company in some form still exists. Okay. And there's a bunch of others. They're just some of the ones I came up with. Uh, I got a couple of my own personal ones. Uh, I don't know if you, do you have any personal Mandela effects? I don't, but I'll share yours. I'll okay. copy off your homework. Okay. The first one is, for years, I believed that Carrie Russell from Felicity and the Americans, you know, the show The Americans, yeah. was the daughter of Kurt Russell. I swear <laughs> I read that somewhere. I thought they actually look alike. And with the last name, I guess I must have made an assumption. I even made a trivia question once <laughs> referencing this, but... Uh, <gasps> I realized it wasn't true before I actually went through the trivia question. Okay. Now, I haven't heard that one, and I never thought that, but I would be interested. Anybody, listeners, if you ever thought Carrie Russell was Kurt Russell's daughter, commiserate with Barry on this. Another one. Uh, did you ever see the movie The Election with Will Ferrell and Zach Galifianakis? No. Okay. Well, there's a scene where Zach is trying to trash talk Will. Like, I guess Will is like a, a senator or something, and Zach is running against him. And uh, they're doing trash talk. And Will Ferrell goes, are you trying to trash talk me? And he says, do you know what the difference between your mom and a washing machine is? When I dump a load in the washing machine, it doesn't follow me around for three weeks. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and for some reason, I was telling somebody this joke one time. I thought the next there was a part of it we also said, doesn't follow me around for three weeks, asking me about my feelings. But that part was never in, in the joke, but I thought it was. <laughs> it does add to the joke, though. I yeah. like that. <laughs> yeah. And uh, this one here actually happened today, just coincidentally. I went to uh, on a family vacation to Florida very recently. Before I went on vacation, I had a meeting planned for tomorrow. So I looked at my calendar today and I noticed the meeting wasn't there for tomorrow. So I sent an email out to everybody just asking about it. And they're like, we didn't receive any email from you for a meeting tomorrow. And I swear to God, I sent it. And I swear to God, I got people like, you know, when you put an Outlook calendar meeting and people accept it and you see the emails. I swear to God, I got exceptions from it. Yet uh, it doesn't exist. Oh, that's pretty weird. Yeah. And one last one that happened very recently. I heard that Bob Barker died. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was 99 years old. I really thought he died years ago. I, mean, I don't okay. know if it's a Mandela effect thing or I just assumed he was dead. But anyway, so you don't have any Mandela effects? I don't think I do, but maybe I do and I don't know that they're Mandela effects because I just assume that's the truth. It's very interesting, like I said, how so many people and the ones that we went through, the ones that you didn't know. And like you said, you, you started going on about Ed McMahon when that was never the case and the risky business. Like we all assume these things. And, and it's very interesting that such a large group of people assume the wrong thing. And then when you learn what the true thing is, especially if it's something personal, like when you had that meeting thing or whatever, this feeling that you get is almost similar to a deja vu. Yes, yeah, so that's what the Mandela effect is. Now, in terms of what causes it, how is it possible that so many people recall the same wrong thing? Mm-hmm. Uh, lots of theories out there. I guess we'll get into some. Uh, I think you're going to focus on more of the scientific, and I'm going to focus on more on the, the interesting ones. Um, <laughs> you saying science isn't interesting? Oh, yeah. I would say interesting. I don't know how plausible any of them are, but uh, there are several people who believe that the Mandela effect is proof that alternate realities exist. Okay. Have you ever heard of CERN, the European Research Center? Yes, where they shoot these particles through this big, long tube thing, and they smash them together? They smash them together, and they break up. So there's theories out there that every time this happens, an alternate reality is created because of these atoms smashing together. So we'll go back to one of our another very famous off-reference things, Back to the Future. So remember in Back to the Future Part 2 when he hauls at the whiteboard, and he says, All right, this here is the, a time, the time splits off, and a new path is created, and all that type of thing? Mm-hmm. So that's kind of what happens every time these atoms smash up. All of a sudden, there's a new reality, and all of a sudden, 
uh, a new reality is created where it's Jiffy peanut butter, not Jiff peanut butter, right? Aside from that being crazy, why is one group of people in one alternate universe and the other group of people are in another alternate universe, yet we're all occupying the same plane? Yeah, I don't think there's any actual reasoning for it, but these people that believe that alternate realities exist, they had a very similar eras, but we can shift in and out of them. Oh, yeah? Nice. Yeah, but usually when you hear things about, <laughs> it is great, usually you hear about <laughs> alternate realities, is like everything is opposite. For example... Bob Barker is wanting all your pets to have all kinds of sex and have all kinds of different <laughs> Let's keep the pet population out of control and have you do not spay and murder your cats. Uh, this is Bob Barker reminding you to uh, help support the procreation of pets. Do not have your pets spayed or neutered. But usually it's like an alternate reality where like, you know, what would happen if the Germans won World War II or something like that, right? Yes. Not... It's the Berenstein Bears, not the Berenstain Bears. <laughs> exactly. That's a very minor detail in the, in the grand scheme of things. Exactly. What does that do for the greater good? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I think you should leave reference if people don't know. Some weird side quest. Check it out. That's right. Check it out. Some people say past lives. People are say that our souls split into many pieces and we experience many lives at the same time. At the same time. Yeah. Okay. So your, your false memory is actually a memory from a parallel universe that you jumped into this timeline. But again, we're all in this universe together experiencing different things. Okay, let's just say parallel universes are a true thing. But this world that we're all in and experiencing the Mandela effect, we would be only privy to the Berenstain Bears. Whereas mm-hmm. in the next parallel universe over, they're the Berenstain Bears and we don't go back and forth between them. We don't know about the other one, you know? And if you did, like, there have to be a little bit more difference than the spelling of one kid's book, right? That's exactly. Like, is that really splitting these atoms? That's the one thing that changed? I'm sure CERN is not <laughs> destroying worlds. Yeah. But. And again, going back to the people who believe like the time travel actually can exist or is possible and all that kind of stuff. So when time travel happens... Uh, you know, this one person goes back in time and changes something, and that's when the whole course of history has changed, right? So Yeah, butterfly effect, right, they call it. Exactly, yeah. So, you know, in there's one reality where a person did this time travel and changed everything, and there's another reality where did, there was no time travel and it didn't happen, right? So <laughs> Like when Homer went back in time and stomped on all the that's right. all, all the big butterflies and everything? Yeah, and he got everything back to normal except for they had the big tongues. He's like, ah, oh, close enough. <laughs> exactly, yep. People believe like false memories or these memories are memories from parallel universe to jump in this timeline again. I find that really difficult to believe. And here's one specific quote. This guy, uh, Dave Campbell, I think his name is. And uh, I just thought this was funny, so I'd write it down. Sometimes we have similar inventions in different universes at the same time, like microwave. In one universe, we call it a microwave. In another universe, we call it a quick cooker. <laughs> now, I don't know. Has anybody out there heard of a microwave as a quick cooker? Let us know. I have heard of it being referred to as a microwave. Okay. <laughs> Not a quick cooker? <laughs> Not a quick cooker. No. <laughs> but I find this pretty difficult to believe. Like I said, if there was all these parallel universes, I'm not saying there's not. These universes are essentially the same, but there's slight variations to our pop culture. The same 40 or 50 things about the spelling of Fruit Loops or whatever is the only difference <laughs> in these parallel universes. Uh, yeah. What, you, what's the point of wasting all the energy for that? That's right. Like. There's never big changes like, say, the Cuban Missile Crisis actually ended with nukes being fired or, you know, Reagan lost the 1980 election and all those deregulations didn't happen and we didn't get to miss out on all these excellent cartoons like Transformers. Sidebar, did you know that, like, a lot of 80s cartoons and toys is due to uh, Ronald Reagan's deregulations? No. 
So basically what happened was uh, there was very strict policies and guidelines about cartoons and what cartoons can consist of and uh, advertising specifically to kids that you couldn't do. But Reagan got rid of all that. All of a sudden that's when all these toys and Transformers and these cartoons all came about, right? What do you mean? Like, like so You couldn't have TV shows geared towards kids that was an advertisement for a toy. Oh, I was going to say, I thought it would be like, you could only have like gentle TV shows for children. I'm like, no, no. did anyone ever see Bugs Bunny? Because <laughs> I saw I saw a duck's face get slapped right off of him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, no. Yeah, it was more about uh, advertising to, to kids for okay. toys and Transformers and things like that. Whereas, you know, cartoon Transformers, you know, I love the cartoon, but, you know, in, in the end, it's a huge commercial for the toys, right? So, yeah. That's, you know, the alternate reality parallel universe type thing. And, you know, some people blame CERN. Some people say they're just there and we can move in and out or, you know, we died or in past lives or in different universes. Again, I find it very difficult to believe that there's these parallel universes that are so similar and only the slightest pop culture related items are different. So, And only the slightest pop culture reference within the last 30, 40, 50 years. Yeah. The people who say it was CERN is because I guess that was built in 2008 or something like that or 2012. So that's probably why we're only starting to see that. Oh, really? But the Berenstein Bears, I mean, that's been around since, you know, whenever. 70s probably, maybe earlier. And it's funny too, because I was doing research on this and, you know, I was watching some YouTube videos and stuff and there's like people in the comments and they're like, oh, I worked at a bookstore. And I can remember when it was Berenstein Bears and I can remember when when it changed to Berenstein Bears and I, I was thought it was weird at the time and all this kind of stuff. But I think the actual reason for it is the guy who wrote the stories, his real last name is Berenstain or whatever. That's right. Jan and Stan Berenstain. Yeah. I mean, we can get into more of what we think of it first, but I guess let's get into the actual scientific explanations. Which I think are probably more believable. <laughs> <laughs> All the paranormal ones are like, and everything is a parallel universe for some reason. Yeah. Yeah. Scientific explanations, they probably make a little bit more sense. So... I do believe that there are tons of possible explanations for Mandela Effect. You know, nobody really knows why and who am I to say exactly what it is. But I do have a hard time believing in the alternate timeline thing where people could go like back and forth or CERN is creating something. And like you said, the spelling of Fruit Loops is the only difference or whatever. Like that doesn't, <laughs> what does that do for the greater good? But let's look at a couple of the possible scientific explanations. So one of them is that the Mandela Effect is caused by false memory. So when it comes to memory, it's not like each and every little thing that you have ever seen or done or learned is hard-coded in a file cabinet for complete retrieval. That's not how your brain works. Our brains actually create shortcuts for memory so that we can rely on past experience and common sense to fill in the blanks. So let's look at what writer Daniel Shader wrote in his book, The Seven Sins of Memory. He talks about the seven influences on human memory. First is absent-mindedness. This is when you're not paying attention, you know, or you're paying hyper-attention to something else so that you don't recall a fact. Like when you walk into a room with some intention, and then as soon as you get in that room, you forget why you went into that room. Or you drive to work on autopilot. You don't recall every detail of every single part of that drive. You just know that you got there, right? The second deadly sin of uh, human memory is called blocking. And this is when something is on the tip of your tongue and you can't think of it. I've personally done this several times during this recording. <laughs> <laughs> uh, next is transience. Uh, this is just how memory, especially mediocre type things, tends to fade. So you might remember what you had for dinner yesterday, but maybe not what you had last week, right? Almost certainly not what you had last month, unless it's associated with some other significant event. Yeah, for sure. 
So that's transience. Next is misattribution. That's when you can't tell the source for your memory. So you'd say to yourself, I read it somewhere or heard it somewhere. You know, I saw it somewhere, something like that. Next is suggestibility. So you can be influenced to, quote unquote, remember something by leading questions. A person asked what time in the afternoon they saw a man run across the street is leading to the predetermined conclusion that there was a man, not a woman or a child, and it was in the afternoon, not in the morning or the evening. So you're being led to, quote unquote, remember something in a certain way. Yeah, I think there's something legally that lawyers aren't allowed to do that. Yes, exactly. Number six, we're getting to the end. Number six is bias. This is when you set meaning to something based on a pre-existing known thing. This is handy, right? So you don't have to relearn every single thing that you experience. But it can also have a negative impact if you draw conclusions without having all the facts. And then finally, there's persistence. So this is when you keep remembering traumatic things that you really want to forget. Now, some of these could contribute to the collective false memory, like Nelson Mandela dying in prison in 1980s, especially misattribution and suggestibility. So if you look specifically at the original Mandela effect, someone put forth on the interwebs about having a specific memory of seeing the story on the news and watching the funeral and all this kind of stuff, all these details. Others read that and formed the same quote-unquote memories. It's almost like leading or suggestibility. Nobody posted out on the internet, how or, and when did Mandela die? Right? That's an open question. There's nothing leading in there. Rather, it was more like, does anyone else remember Nelson Mandela's dying in prison in 1980s? You know, it's really leading. The questions are about the same topic, obviously, but they conjure very different images. The first theory is the seven sins of memory. The second theory is confabulation, which sounds fabulous. But confabulation involves your brain filling in the gaps that are missing in your memories so that you can make more sense of them. You create a continuous story, not just blips and blops about things here and there. It's not the same thing as lying because you're not intentionally making up something to be malicious, uh, but it's remembering details that never happened. There's no intentional deception here. A person might recall a real or false memory in the exact same way. A possible explanation for why so many people remember Mandela dying in prison is that they unintentionally mix his life story with that of his fellow anti-apartheid activist Stephen Biko, who was killed in a South African prison in 1977. So they might mix those two stories together and put it into one. They're not lying. They're just remembering different parts of similar stories. They're mashing two stories together into one. Yes, exactly. And this is also a pretty good explanation for why so many think that the Monopoly man has a monocle or that the Berenstain bears were the Berenstain bears. <laughs> Fun fact, as I was writing my notes for this, um, my Microsoft Word put the red squiggle under the misremembered Berenstain spelling. Oh, really? There you go. Yeah, so Microsoft knows the real answer. It's Berenstain. And that's it. There you have it. They're all interesting theories and all that. But again, when you look at the Mandela effect and what it is, for the most part, it's misremembering. I don't even misremembering is the right word. but uh... Yeah, I think it's a combination of all these things, confabulation and misremembering. To me, a lot of it is just like, okay, you assume thing is spelled a certain way because that's the way it's supposed to be spelled, but it's actually spelled different for this product or whatever. And, and you just, your brain thinks it's, it's, it should be spelled the way it should be spelled, not the way that the product spells it. You know what I mean? Right. And there's no, physiologically has no reason to care what the spelling of something is. 
Yeah, exactly. So Berenstein, Berenstein, that's a really good example. S-T-E-I-N is far more common in the spelling of a name than S-T-A-I-N. So it makes more sense that it would be Berenstein with an E because that's what the name is. Like your mind just fills in that blank. It doesn't matter. I think, too, with the advent of the internet, it's so easy to get something out there for a large audience. Uh, for example, you put out a podcast about two Newfoundlanders talking about the Mandela effect, and all of a sudden, bam, it's out to, theoretically, the whole world. Theoretically. Except for Greenland. But basically, what I'm saying, like I said, it's so easy to put out something, whether it's true or, or not true, and then they form their own uh, memories of it, and then next thing you know, that's how someone remembers it. Real memories and false memories are remembered in the same way. Yeah, for sure. You're only going to see more of these, I think, as time goes on, right? I would think so, yeah. Or, or maybe not, because there's so much, they're a lot easier to debunk now than they were. Maybe. I don't know. It is weird, though. Overall, it doesn't really matter. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, most of them. It's just, it's really odd. It's an odd feeling. Again, almost like a deja vu feeling. You think something is one way but it's really another way. It's actually kind of creepy. It's almost like an uncanny valley for yeah. your brain. There you have it. The wild phenomenon of the Mandela effect. What do you think about this story? You can share your ideas with us at somewhereadpodcast at gmail.com. Or on the Twitter or Instagram at somewhereadpod. Or our website, somewhereadpodcast.com. If you haven't done so already, please follow or subscribe wherever you listen so you never miss an episode. And don't forget to check out our other podcast, The Somewhere at Side Quest, where we get together with our occasional guest host, Ted, and rate and review Tim Robinson's I Think You Should Leave. And if you like that show, which for some reason nobody does, uh, you should check it out. All the cool kids love it. Yeah. It's great to be back on the Some Weird Podcast. Check out Some Weird Side Quest. And if you've enjoyed this episode and you want to help us out, please leave a five-star review wherever you listen so that others can discover us. And don't be afraid to tell a friend about the Some Weird Podcast. Parallel universes are some weird by. <laughs> As is the Mandela effect, some weird. Carry on my wayward son. No, it goes right through it. That's weird. There'll be peace when you are gone. Hmm. I'm surprised the microphone is picking it up, though. Yeah. But don't you cry no more. Don't you cry. <laughs> <laughs>